What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be running through some of my top sell high candidates heading into week six of the NFL season. So we're obviously not gonna be selling these players for nothing. You know, we're not gonna be having a garage sale just giving these guys away. But at this point in time in the season, I think their value is pretty close to a peak. For some of these guys, I still think they're gonna be strong assets moving forward, but maybe their value has maxed out. Other players, you know, the clock may be ticking to really get the best return on them. So we're going to be talking about four players in this video. While you guys are watching, if you do enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. It really helps me out a ton. And if you guys do have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below in the comment section and I'll get back to every single person. But we're going to kick it off here by talking about Gabriel Davis. And I feel like some people are not going to be happy with this one. I know there's a lot of Gabe Davis truthers out there, but just hear me out with my argument, you know, and then if you still think I'm an idiot, you can comment down below. But just hear me out here. I truly do believe that Gabriel Davis is the perfect sell high. He was the highest scoring wide receiver this week. And with a very wild stat line of three receptions, 171 receiving yards, and then two touchdowns. So really just a crazy overall, you know, performance there. And I think what's really solid here about Gabriel Davis in a fantasy football season that has been filled with uncertainty, it seems like every week we just don't know what's going on. You know, running backs have been brutal. They go crazy this week. You know, tight ends have been rough. I think at this point in the season, we know who Gabe Davis is. He is a high ceiling, low floor play. He's a guy who's going to have very little guaranteed volume, but he's going to have big playability and he's going to have touchdown upside on a top offense. I just feel like that is what Gabe Davis is. And so now the question is, do you want to keep that on your team or do you kind of want to sell high off of him? For me, the take here is going to be selling high. Gabe Davis has played in four games, and this is kind of just where the concerning part comes in for me. So in those four games that Gabriel Davis has played, Josh Allen has 161 pass attempts. So four games with Gabriel Davis, 161 pass attempts. In those four games, Gabriel Davis has been targeted 20 times. That is a 12% target share. That is a very concerning number for me, especially for someone who's supposed to be locked in as a like top 20, top 24 wide receiver. Now, I'm not saying he can't produce as a top 20, top 24 wide receiver, but with that target share, unless that ticks up, he's going to have to have some massive games with some huge plays and a lot of touchdowns to kind of live up to that lower target share number. So for me, I think this is an opportunity where we saw a big game, but it's not like he went, you know, commanded 12 targets, caught 10 of them for 200 yards, right? He hit two massive plays and I'm not taking that away from him. Like that is what he is at this point. Like I talked about, he has the big playability. He has the touchdown upside. At this point, I'm just going to be firing off offers for players like Michael Pittman, Jalen Waddell, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, if it comes out that he is healthy, even a guy like Chris Olave. These are players I'm just going to be throwing out one for one offers on. So, you know, maybe you don't think it's a fair offer for Mike Williams, Gabe Davis one on one. I wouldn't be shocked if someone took it like same thing with Michael Pittman. You probably view Pittman as higher, but just like sending out offers for players in that area. I think Gabe Davis is going to be someone who's slotting in as like a probably around a top 24 wide receiver on a week to week basis. But he's kind of in that like Mike Williams zone, almost like a Mike Williams light where he is a very low floor very high ceiling, but he just needs to be in your lineup every week. Like heading into this week, you know, I was even telling some people to sit him in favor of some other options. Obviously that did not pan out, 
But I think at this point, we know who he is. He's going to have these huge games, but he just has to be in your lineup every single week. So if you're not comfortable with that, I'd advise moving off of him. Like some of the guys I mentioned, I do think he is a decent sell high. But like I said, if you're cool with the uncertainty, you think he can, you know, continue to put up these massive yardage, you know, massive touchdown performances, then hold on to him, you know, and we'll see how it plays out. The next player I'm going to be talking about is David Montgomery from my Chicago Bears. And he returned here in week five, coming off of his injury where he missed week four, goes out, scores 18.2 PPR points. So nothing insane, but still a very, very solid week at the running back position. And right now, rest of season, I'm looking at David Montgomery as a back-end running back too. Kind of somewhere in that tier with guys like Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, Kareem Hunt, Jeff Wilson, like that kind of area. I think Sanders and Dobbins are kind of more to the top of that. Hunt, Jeff Wilson, maybe towards the back. Wilson doesn't necessarily have the uh, you know long-term security. But I think on a week-to-week basis, that is where he is going to be slotted in. I think the general idea and like the overall consensus on David Montgomery is that he's probably more of a high to mid-tier running back too, just due to the previous production he's had in like 2020, 2021. Like he's been a league winner for some people in those seasons. I think when people hear his name, they kind of automatically push up his value due to that like earlier season production or earlier career production. I'm just looking at his role in this offense. I just feel like he has a very capped ceiling at this point in time. This is going to be a Bears offense that's very low scoring. They're averaging 17.2 points per game. So the touchdown opportunities are going to be limited. He's not going to be a guy who's giving you like a touchdown a game at the running back position. He also just straight up has limited receiving upside because they just don't throw the ball. Like he's not even a running back who's like phased out of the receiving game. He is decently involved. Like his target share is fine. It's just the fact that they don't throw. So like I believe his max targets this year, he has two games with four. Like four is okay, it's nothing crazy. If they actually threw like a normal offense, that target number would be a lot higher. But right now the receiving work is capped. And then I also feel like he just has a very capable running back behind him in Khalil Herbert. So I feel like there's always some uncertainty where his overall opportunity share of this offense could be in jeopardy at any point in time. You know, maybe he gets a little banged up. They start to get Khalil Herbert some work. It turns into a 60-40, a 70-30. You know, it's just a spot where I feel like it's kind of unstable and kind of holding on to him here as like a back end running back too. I feel like the upside's not there, whereas he can kind of drift into like flex territory if things don't really go, uh, you know, perfectly for him. And then one other downside there is you do have Justin Fields kind of vulturing carries. Hasn't necessarily been like a uh, vulture on the goal line. He's not like a uh, Jalen Hurts type guy on the goal line, but still he's vulturing carries. He actually led the team in rushing yards here in week five. So I think if you can get someone to buy David Montgomery as a mid to high-end running back to play. I think you take advantage of it, whether that's like straight up running back for running back, whether that's transitioning Montgomery into a stud wide receiver, whether it's Montgomery adding on like a wide receiver three to try to get a top 12 guy or top 12 running back. Like any of those things I think are suitable options to uh, move David Montgomery off of your roster. Now these last two players are guys who really didn't have a ton of value coming into this week, but I think like really kind of elevated their stock The first one is going to be Taysom Hill. And to be totally honest, like Taysom Hill may not even be rostered in your leagues. So this could be a spot where maybe you, you know, use your waiver wire priority, you snag him on your team, and then you try to trade him. Or maybe you're in a deeper league, or you just trusted him, you know, had him sitting on your bench, or maybe even started him for this massive game. 
but I can almost guarantee that heading into week six, there will be at least one member of your league who is willing to massively overpay for Taysom Hill. We saw him go out on Sunday, rush for 112 yards, three touchdowns, and then also throw a passing touchdown. I kind of just want to break into the overall tight end landscape before I do kind of refocus back in on Taysom Hill. And so looking at the tight end position for fantasy football, we have two elite options. That is Mark Andrews, that is Travis Kelsey. Then we have some players who have actually been pretty consistent so far this season. Those guys I look at in that tier, it's guys like Zach Ertz, Tyler Higby, and then Dallas Goddard. I'd even be ready to throw David Njoku in that tier, just because I think he's kind of peaking and is going to be consistent moving forward, but he probably doesn't fit in that tier just yet. And then you've got like the underperformers, you know, your George Kittle, uh, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts. These were guys who were supposed to be studs, locked in tight end ones, you know, every single week. I think a lot of people are panicking on every single one of these guys. I truly do believe there's going to be someone out there in your league who believes that Taysom Hill is like a locked in tight end one, a top 10 tight end on a week to week basis. And so if you can find that player, he is someone that I would like move off of my roster. And I don't think like, obviously this week is unsustainable. No one's expecting Taysom Hill to get nine carries, turn that into a hundred something yards and three touchdowns, and then also throw a touchdown pass. But it's also not a spot where like Taysom Hill did nothing and then just came out of nowhere and put together this monster game. Like he scored touchdowns in two other weeks, hasn't necessarily given you like elite production. Week one, he was solid because he had a big run. But even in like, I think it was week four, he had the touchdown, but it didn't even translate to like a massive fantasy game. So he has shown signs of being like potentially startable. I just think this is a spot where he's not going to be able to keep this up. I don't see him getting consistent yardage, you know, week to week. And so then you're just banking on a tight end. And I'm just not trying to chase these massive games. I feel like at the tight end position, there's so much uncertainty. We really don't know anything. So if I see someone have a big game and they haven't necessarily been putting up solid production week after week, I just want to move off of them. I mean, even just looking back to last week, I'm pretty sure I talked about TJ Hawkinson as a sell high. And I know a lot of the comments were saying like, why would I sell TJ Hawkinson? We now know he's like a high end tight end one. Then he goes out this week, puts up 1.6 points. I'm just not trying to chase these peak weeks. The tight end position, I want to see consistency. Those are the guys that I want in my lineup moving forward. So Taysom Hill, you know, I think he's a fun option. He's scoring in a unique way. He's really not even a tight end at all. Like the designation seems kind of cheap, but at least you're not getting him at that uh, quarterback value like you were last year. Or no, that was tight end when he was playing quarterback. But you know what I mean? So at this point, if someone is willing to overpay and view Taysom Hill as like a locked in starting tight end week to week, I would definitely move him off of my team. And then the fourth and final sell high is going to be Michael Carter. And I think this week is probably your last chance to squeeze out any value of Michael Carter besides just being like a Brees Hall handcuff going into week six. He did score 17.3 points. He did that on only 33 yards from scrimmage. And basically he just like poached two touchdowns after Brees Hall like drove them to the goal line. One of them was on like the 79 yard reception that Brees Hall got tackled like right at the one. Just throw Carter in there because Brees Hall's tired. He punches it in. I think he did that on a uh, another trip as well, which is how he got that second touchdown. At this point, like you look at that Jets backfield, I really don't think there's anyone who can argue that these two are even comparable at this point. It is so clear that Brees Hall is the future. This man is a stud. He is so much better than Michael Carter. It's kind of what I've been saying all offseason heading into this season. Brees Hall is going to be the guy. It might have taken a few weeks. 
Brees Hall is going to be the guy moving forward. He just went for 197 yards from scrimmage. He continued to dominate the snaps. He's just been building every single week. So I think Michael Carter is someone who can be used as a throw-in piece to upgrade. So maybe you want to turn your mid-tier wide receiver two into a bottom-tier uh, wide receiver one. I think you throw in that wide receiver two, you throw in a Michael Carter to try to bridge that gap. So I think he's someone who you throw in on a two-for-one deal. I'm not naive enough to think that like you could offer up Michael Carter and someone's going to be giving you like a solid one-for-one trade where you're getting like a startable option. Unless you're in a league with like kids who are just looking at like the specific point per game number, people are kind of going to know it's coming. But I still think you can make the argument that he's getting consistent work. It's still somewhat of a committee. So I think he's like a nice two-for-one throw-in piece. But those are going to be the four sell-high players for this week. Got Gabriel Davis, David Montgomery, Taysom Hill, and Michael Carter. If you can move off of them, get a nice return, I would advise it. Let me know what you guys think about these players down below. Do you agree that they're sell-highs? You think we should hold on to some of them? And then also let me know your reasoning. We can chop it up down below in the uh, comment section. As always, thank you guys for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.